You're listening to Living with Louie. Hi, folks, and welcome to this edition of Living with Louie. Um, today, uh, we'd like to talk about how uh, two people bonded over Louie Body, and I'd like to introduce to everyone Mike. Mike and I met on, um, on Facebook, and uh, we have uh, found a bond between the two of us with our Louie body. So, hi, Mike. Hi, Larry. So, what, uh, you, you sent me uh, your bio there a little bit. You began five years ago, um, was when you first started with Louie body. Yeah, yes, I am. Um, five years ago, I um, noticed um, slight right-sided tremors and it progressed until um, then the cognition portion started and um, it just become intrusive after a while. I found it interesting and one of the things that you uh, had written to me um, that tell, tell everybody a little bit about your background, your educational background, because that okay. kind of fascinates me that that you have this uh, background that you have, and now okay. you have this to deal with. Right. I'm a, actually a clinical social worker. I um, major or actually emphasized in forensic, and I was based out of different correctional facilities, both prisons and jails. Um, I also. Um, worked with different law enforcement agencies such as um, the U.S. Marshal Service. Um, I noticed working or inside the jailhouse, I was mental health supervisor for a 13-story jail. And when I noticed the tremors, I kind of knew what was going on. I didn't suspect it was Louie body. I thought it was just Parkinson's. And after just while, Parkinson's is bad enough, isn't it? It is. And as time progressed, I started noticing myself. I would there's several pods inside jails, and um, I would forget why I would go into a pod, and I wouldn't recognize where I was at, and the guards the detention deputies would point me in the right direction. Even the inmates would. And they, a lot of the inmates, I remember one in particular, I was subbing for the pregnant women's group and I just blanked out. And I vaguely remember the ladies looking at me and asking, Mike, are you okay? And I find, I responded. I said, I think so. And they're like, do you know where you're at? And I said, I think so. But that was a minute. They were, I could tell they were sincerely concerned about me. Um, time progressed. And um, I started losing my concentration. I, I had to do reports if there was an inmate death or any incident I had to do was called morbidity report. Right. And, and 
they used to be very easy for me, but towards the end, I mean, I struggled with writing the whole report. It had to be very, it had to actually be court uh, standards. So I was able to do that. Well, as, as, as time progressed, my body began to continue weaken, and of course my cognition began to slip. And I realized it was dangerous for me to work in that environment. So um, I went ahead and I'd already been placed on social security disability, but I was entered into the ticket to work program where you work, I believe nine months and still collect all full benefits. So I went to work, um, I left that job and then I moved from Oklahoma City to the Tulsa area. And I went to work for a neuropsychiatrist as a therapist in his office. And one day he called me to his office and I thought I was being reprimanded. And I sat down and he told me, he goes, I'm no, I've been watching you for a while. And he goes, I'm suspecting, he goes, your physical are showing signs of Parkinson's, he goes, but your cognition is definitely showing some signs of some Louis body. Right. And he well, you have, you have other things that, um, you, that I know that you shared with me that, mm -hmm. that uh, kind of make this whole Louis body venture even more complicated. Right. Um, when, I, when I moved back to Tulsa, my wife of 10 years decided she did not want to participate in the journey with me and just basically left. That had to be and tough. It was. And, um, you know, here I was, and fortunately I was on the Ticket to Work program. And so um, I immediately left the house um, upon her request and I found an apartment, ground level apartment. And I did okay for a little while, but it was a Thanksgiving day. I got up out of my chair and I just become disoriented and I took a bad fall and dislocated my my, I believe my hip, and I lay there for four or five hours. And I have a dog, a little Jack Russell, and Miles was barking his head off to get somebody's attention. And so finally, someone walking by knocked, knocked on the door, and I told him, I said, the door's locked, I can't open it. So they went and called um, maintenance, and maintenance opened the door and they come in and, and found me on the floor. And I, my dad found out about it and he, he reported it to Social Security Administration and they did an investigation on me. Was that through like Adult Protective Services? Yeah, I think it was. Right. And they did an investigation and stated that I was not able to live safely in alone in a home because I had set 
accidentally set items on fire while cooking and I burned myself and I've, I was taking many falls. Well, it sounds like uh, it was being an unsafe environment for you. Oh, it was. It definitely was. But I was in denial and Social Security stated that since I didn't have any help, that they were making me relocate from Oklahoma back to Kansas where I was raised. So I moved back in to the house of my parents and my mother was very ill. And I think it was kind of, it was, uh, the reason I was sent back was to help my dad take care of my mom until she passed. And we did that and then eventually um my dad passed about nine months ago from dementia himself so i was able as a social worker i was able um, to get him into proper treatment into the hospital and where he passed on hospice i think he lasted on hospice one day but it's, it was a blessing that, you know, he's in a better place. But um, I currently engaged to, with Deanna, and she's been my godsend. Let me ask you a question, because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I know you, you mentioned that your wife left you. How did you meet Dee? How did I meet Dee? Yeah. <laughs> Through Facebook personals. Isn't that something? And we, we just hit it off. And she's, she has disability as well. Right. And I was nervous when we met. And I was very upfront and honest with her. And I told her, I said, I, you can obviously tell I have Parkinson's. I said, but I'm also diagnosed with Lewy body dementia. And she, you know, researched it. And she looked at me and told me, she goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there with you. She goes, I'm not afraid. She goes, my late husband passed from brain cancer. So she goes, I'm not afraid of your situation. You know how refreshing that, uh, that she took the time to, to research it and, and educate herself as to what exactly you were telling her and exactly what um, you were dealing with. Yes, and, and that means a whole lot. And we support each other. Um, Deanna fights her blood pressure, but we have a now we have a medical alert which we've had to use a few times. Um, I've had to use it before. I'm no longer allowed to drive. I received treatment from Kansas University University Medical Center, and they have ceased my driving privileges. And um, but while I was driving, I think it was three or four instances where I just become completely disoriented and had to jeep have the medical or GPS my way home. You know, it's almost, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I've talked about it in one of my other podcast episodes about the fog that you get into. And it's like, you're disconnected from ER and from the reality scary. that you're, that you're supposed to be in anyway, but you, you, it's like, you're, you're not really present. You're there, but you're not. Right, and it's it is you know as well as I do. It's very scary. It can be very scary, yes. And 
Yeah, and I'm fortunate to have Deanna here because I, again, I don't know. I would be probably in a care unit somewhere because every now and then um, Deanna has taken my car keys officially because it was three nights ago. I got out of bed about two o'clock in the morning and I was ready to go out to the car and she stopped me and she asked where I was going and I told her, I said, well, I need to go buy light bulbs. Hmm. And she goes, you need light bulbs. I said, yeah. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And she goes, well, there's no place open right now for one thing. And she said, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> she goes, it's just not safe. Her thought was, there's a lot of times I revert back and still, in my mind, believe I live in Oklahoma City. She, her, and it's very plausible that I would have gotten in that car and would have started driving towards Oklahoma City. Oh. And I know if had that happened, I, I know for a fact I would have become a silver alert. Yeah, you, you, uh, thank goodness that she realized what was going on. I, I know that. Uh, when I hear that she watches out for you and everything, I will tell you mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that my wife can sometimes tell what's happening. And, and just her touch, just telling me, hey, okay. Yeah, that's and, what it takes. It can be so calming. Um, yeah. And so, sounds like Dee's a very special lady. She really is. Sounds like your wife is as well. And um, Thank yesterday you were able to find her. Yeah, exactly. Because I had, I'll, I'll be honest, I had basically given up on meeting anyone. I just really, um, after my my wife left me that way, um, a lot, most of my friends are in law enforcement, considering I worked with law enforcement. Right. And they finally persuaded me to go. Um, while I lived in Oklahoma to go try out going on a date. Mm -hmm. And I went out on a blind date, and this woman looked straight at me, and she goes, I'm going to tell you right now, she goes, I'm not settling for you. And I said, what? And she goes, I'm not settling for you. She goes, you're just not there. And I I left. I just left her. I left her the check. <laughs> that's that's got to be, uh, be hurt. That's got to be hurtful. That's all. I it is. Say. It I mean, is. And that's, I thought, how cruel. How, how, right. And you know, um, I will tell you that I was looking at something today on Facebook, and it was people commenting. It was a picture of Robin Williams and. And the quote uh, about, uh, you know, you never know what someone else's struggle is, so be kind. Mm -hmm. And and how many comments there are in there that people still don't realize that the man had Louis Body and certainly don't know what Louis Body is. Exactly. It, and he would have been the last one you'd think of because he was so energetic and quick-minded and quick-witted. And I think it just took people... People by shock him, shock him of all people, and and also someone who could afford the absolute best of medical care 
However, he was never diagnosed, and it's he just goes, there's so many people that go misdiagnosed or not diagnosed. Exactly, and that's one, one thing that I can say I'm fortunate about. I do receive um, my medical treatment from KU Medical, and um, they take very good care of me, and I'm donating my brain to them after I pass. And so they can further explore into Louis body. That's, and that's an amazing thing uh, because I, I know you and I have talked about this and, and so we'll put it out here for the rest of the world to hear uh -huh. that at times you, you know that your the best gift that you can give or the best thing that you can do is to um, say, hey, learn all you can and maybe they can help the next person. Exactly. If it keeps one person from li not living basically what I call a torturous life at times, um, it's all worth it. And, you know, it is. And it is. It's just, I would never imagine I would be dealing with this, but, you know, it happens. And I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm okay with it. I've learned to, I'm learning to accept it, but I'm not giving up quite yet. Well, I uh, I admire that. I think that uh, there are it's it's easy to to fall into uh, the prognosis of this diagnosis, if you will, right. and and easy to say okay, you know, and, and just not get up and fight, but. There are ways to fight this, and I know that you know that, and I know that, mm -hmm. that you're fighting it on similar fronts that, that I am through mm -hmm. the physical therapy and and uh, yes, and learning more about how to manage and cope with what what we have. Right, and I was surprised a few months ago when I was at an appointment with Ku, and I was half halfway joking. When I mentioned, I said, I would like to take a bucket list trip. And so I would like to go to a Texas Rangers baseball game in Arlington. And I would like to take one final cruise. And both my doctors looked at each other. They looked back at me and they smiled and said, go enjoy your life while, while you can. And they said, we're going to um, relax your travel restrictions. So Deanna and I are booked on a cruise. We're going to a Rangers game on the first, and then we're starting our cruise on the third. And I've already been in contact with the Texas Rangers organization, and they're or or organizing a meet and greet with the players. Well, that's and not they, that's not all they've done. I know that you uh, you had told me about. Uh, reaching out to them, and they mm -hmm. had sent you a nice package. And... They did. They sent me a very nice package with with a hat and um, grill cover and, and autographed players' cards. And they, she actually, she just emailed me this morning, so we're looking forward to seeing you. Well, let's give a shout-out to the Texas Rangers. <laughs> That's all right. They're, they're a good organization. They obviously are. I mean, it's, it's so few organizations care about mm -hmm. uh, 
what's happening with their fan base. But for them to uh, step up, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is, and we're 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 excited about going on a cruise. Um, we don't know if we're going to go on any excursions because I just don't know, actually, if either of us are physically able. But it's just the fact of getting away, and. I've been on several cruises myself. It's knowing you can do something else. Right. Either KU is giving me that one last chance um, to go. It may not be my last chance, but at least I know they're giving me that chance. They're giving you a chance, right? Right. And that's just it. And, um, you know, I can't express my grat- enough gratitude towards them. So, and I've, D and I, we're meeting with a gentleman on Wednesday to finalize into life preparations for to basically once I pass, I have to be cremated after they, you know, remove my brain and send it to KU. So um, we're going to get everything all set up. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a while before it happens, but, Amen. you know, we'll, we'll have it. We'll have it set down because you know i have to be realistic about things and i'm that's one thing i can say is i was a very sick child i beat childhood cancer three times Hmm. and you know the whole thing is i'm not afraid of death i don't want it to come too soon but when it does i'm not afraid of it and i'm not going to run from it Right. And I think that's one thing I do have in my corner. Well, I think that's uh, you know, that's one thing that nobody gets to get away from. Right. And, yeah, it's just like, you know, that's one of the certainties of life. And, you know, but I'm, in, I'm working to enjoy my life to the best that I can. That's why I'm participating in physical therapy, intensive physical therapy. And um, it sounds like they're wanting me to go back into speech therapy a little bit. Well, I will tell you that one of the things that I noticed when I started talking to you on the phone mm-hmm. is almost like looking in the mirror. I noticed that as well. You hear, I really do. You hear the similarities in the voice. So we're getting close to the end of what we can... Uh, we can do i'd like to continue this with you mike most certainly i would like that larry very good sir okay well thank you for having me you're quite welcome we'd like to thank you for joining us for this edition of living with Louie.